It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. And if you're looking for a place to make your online wagers, head over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1. You'll get a 50% sign-up bonus today. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. He is Joe Dolan. Check him out on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan, number one ranked fantasy analyst on the planet over the last five years, according to the guys over at fantasypros.com. That is amazing. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Now I've got five podcasts. The Ross Tucker football podcast, which is three days a week. We had Greg Cosell on today, by the way. He was unbelievable unbelievable you need to check that out even money podcast finished the year up 26 units steve fezzik my co-host on that one finished up 13 units check that out and the college draft podcast which is awesome business of sports is andrew brant fantasy football ball blast college football bros hazard ground all kinds of awesome podcasts available for you guys over at RossTucker.com. Certainly follow all of them at RTF Podcast so you know when they're posted. I am at Ross Tucker NFL. We got a Super Bowl recap, some news and notes, some 2019 fantasy lessons learned. Going to be a good show. You've come to the right place. As a reminder, we are year-round. We talk dynasty. We talk best ball. We talk NFL draft we talk lessons learned. We get guests on. It's going to be a fun, fun, quote-unquote, off-season. We might even talk XFL a little bit. All right, Joe. So as discussed, let's start with the Super Bowl. And I'm going to ask you about some specific players. But I guess I just wanted to get any broad strokes you have about the Super Bowl game and what, if anything, it means for fantasy next year, whether it's season-long, dynasty, uh, DFS, you know, for one-game slates, just any takeaways you have? Well, one major takeaway, and it's actually going to be from the losing team here, uh, is that I want as much Devo Samuel as I can possibly get my hands on next year. And that's not a new sentiment here on the Fantasy Feast podcast. I've been talking about that for a number of weeks. But uh, I think my favorite bet from the entire game was Debo Samuel's over rushing yards, uh, 15 and a half. And he got that on his first carry when he picked up 32 yards. I know I know what happened with Patrick Mahomes, by the way. You can never o- cash those overs right away. But I was pretty pretty confident after that Debo Samuel wasn't going to lose uh, 20 rushing yards. Um, He ended up with 53 rushing yards, uh, had 39 yards receiving. I thought he was spectacular in the game. Uh, Kyle Shanahan clearly favored him, uh, viewed him as somebody to keep the Kansas City Chiefs defense off balance. He was spectacular. Number two, um, Damian Williams is particularly interesting here because I think a lot of folks, uh, myself included, believe Kansas City can upgrade that position. Now, Damian Williams... Uh, we, I always thought he was more important to them as a receiver, and he's somebody who's explosive in that regard. And I think he absolutely can fit 
uh, this offense. But the question is, does Kansas City now, that a team that has a very good roster, does Kansas City become a team that moving forward thinks, hey, you know what, end of the first round, basically a second round pick, we're going to invest in a running back, maybe somebody like DeAndre Swift or J.K. Dobbins. We've seen a lot of these good teams draft running backs at the end of the first round in recent years. Uh, even somebody like the Raiders, who had three first round picks last year, used one on Josh Jacobs. Sony Michelle was a late first round pick. Rashad Penny was a late first round pick, and I'm not necessarily saying that the Chiefs should go out and make a selection like that, but you could see them potentially investing in the position and trying to upgrade even more there. But if they don't make an upgrade there, Damian Williams, I think, is somebody who once again is going to be drafted in the first three or four rounds next year. Uh, that that one is very much up in the air. Number number two with when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, Sammy Watkins had a really good postseason after. I mean, outside of week one, basically taking the entire season off. And he is a fascinating player because I believe his cap hit is $21 million uh, in 2020, a significant portion of which the Chiefs can save if they cut him or trade him. Would a team have interest in him? Or is Sammy Watkins now somebody where the Chiefs can say, look, the contract hasn't worked out exactly as, as we planned, but he was a big contributor in the playoffs. He was a big contributor to the Super Bowl run. We're going to keep him on board and have some depth in front of me, Cole Hardman, because Demarcus Robinson's a free agent, and it looks like he could be gone. So that's a fascinating part there. But my biggest takeaway for fantasy of all was Debo Samuel. I, I think he's going to be a top 60 pick in fantasy next year, and it is completely justified. Yep, uh, uh, you're totally right with the receiving and the rushing. You make an interesting point about Sammy Watkins, too. I thought it was interesting. You know, Watkins last week, he was saying some weird things. First of all, he said he'd probably be willing to take a pay cut to stay in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. Let me just tell you, Sammy, if you say that publicly, they're going to at least ask now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. if you say that, they're going to ask. I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have volunteered that information, but that's fine. <laughs> and, and, and then I the mean, next look, thing is, and especially you know, you're going up for a new CBA right now. I'm, I'm, I wonder if the players' association was like, "Hey, Sammy, <laughs> don't say those things. We're trying to negotiate a new, uh, a new uh, CBA." But yeah, I mean, I, I think winning is probably a lot of fun for people, and Sammy Watkins has made himself a lot of money, so. Uh, maybe he's in the part of his career, even though he's still only 26, where winning is the priority for him. Who knows? But he's certainly somebody who I think if a team were, were to say, we need speed on the perimeter, we don't need Sammy Watkins to be the guy who was a top 10 draft pick. We just need somebody who can occasionally take over a game and use his speed. Uh, and, and the Chiefs are a team that are, that are like that. We don't need, they don't need Sammy Watkins to be a 100-catch guy. He, he did exactly what he needed to do in the playoffs. I also thought it was kind of weird that he said, or he might just take next year off, which was bizarre. Didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. My question revolving, and by the way, there are a bunch of teams that could really use a Sammy Watkins. So I don't know that they want to pay him that much, but I wonder if he becomes a trade asset for the Chiefs. I can think of the Eagles, among others, that want deep speed, but want a guy that's an accomplished player not they might be a little scared of his injury history but uh just a thought process uh Damian Williams Joe where was he refresh my memory on where he got drafted most places this year and Second, what he ended round. up doing people 
you know, doing for people? Yeah, so that was such a weird one because he was a second and third round pick, and then the Chiefs kind of signaled early on that they didn't really view him as like the guy, or maybe they were scared of him being the guy when they went out and they they signed LaShawn McCoy. Damian Williams didn't top 30 rushing yards until week number nine. And and obviously he had injury problems in there, which was which was an issue. I missed a couple games early in the season. And then it was McCoy. And then they pulled Spencer Ware off off the street and used him as the lead as the lead back at some point. And then Damian Williams comes down the stretch and 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 he scored in all four, three playoff games. He had two touchdowns in week number 17 when Kansas City was playing for the first round by. He had a really good close to the season. So here is the the funny part with Damian Williams. We're kind of in the exact same spot heading into 2020 that we were in 2019 with him. A guy without an extensive track record of being a lead back who had a really strong postseason end of season run because he did the same thing in 2018 uh, after Kareem Hunt got released. And he still didn't contribute for the entire year. He is somebody who, if you drafted him in the second or third round last year, he screwed your fantasy team, whether by injury, whether the chiefs misevaluating LaShawn McCoy, which they clearly did, uh, but he was a healthy and active in the super bowl. That's all you need to know. Darwin Thompson made zero impact. Um, He actually, Darwin Thompson almost vultured a touchdown in the super bowl. Uh, Darwin Thompson very nearly scored the first touchdown of the super bowl, by the way. Um, He, he was somebody who who was clearly their best back in the playoffs, was clearly their best back at the end of the season, in the second half of the season. But the question is, do the Chiefs still see deficiencies in his game? Are they going to try to upgrade that position? And I could see a lot of people scared to draft Damian Williams next year based on what happened at the early part of the 2019 season. But if he comes in similarly unchallenged, like – For instance, if they don't spend a high draft pick on a running back, if they don't go get a veteran running back in free agency, remember McCoy was a, was a post cut signing. So he wasn't signed till August. So if, if that happens again, there's going to be support for Damian Williams as a third round pick. And look, I see it. Look at what he did at the end of the season. Look at how good he is as a receiving back. But I think a lot of people are going to be scared away because the situation is exactly the same as it was last year. And we know what happened in 2019. Great end of the season for Damian Williams, but certainly not somebody who helped contribute to you getting to the fantasy playoffs. Let's get to some of the news as well, Joe. Uh, anything else on the Super Bowl before I move on? Um, uh, just one general comment. Uh, you, you talked to Greg Cosell and others about this. I thought Kyle Shanahan's play calling, like in terms of his ability to keep the the Chiefs off balance was spectacular. I thought his game management was really poor, Ross. And, and I don't know if my point is coming through, but I think you probably understand what I mean. I thought his the, the play de- design very often very often the play sequencing. I'm especially talking about the long touchdown drive where basically they ran the ball down the Chiefs' throats. I thought he did an unbelievable job keeping them off balance, and that he he got away from what was working. And I thought his clock management and his game management was overall poor, more so than his play calling was poor. Yeah, there's a lot of people that feel that way. I don't have as much of a problem with it as other people do. Um, I didn't like running it on the first two plays of the last series of the first half. I hated it. 
but I understand his, uh, I mean, like people don't understand, like they are a very analytics driven operation there. So they're the ones that told him not to call a timeout. And I liked not calling timeout because you didn't know where you would end up getting field position. And really a minute and three timeouts from your own 20 is plenty of time. That wasn't the issue, the lack of timeout. To me, the issue was the first and second down play call. The issue for some people, Joe, is they don't know where to get their favorite food. Luckily for me, I am an expert. Luckily for you, I am an expert. I have gotten food shipped to me from a lot of different companies over the year. None of them have been as good as Butcher Butcher Box. By far the best food I've ever gotten. Look, it's the best meat you can possibly get shipped right to your door. 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and bacon that's free of nitrates and added sugar. You don't need that stuff. Butcher Box is the most affordable and convenient way for you to get healthy, humanely raised meat. You don't need to go to the fancy grocery stores where it costs you an arm and a leg. With Butcher Box, you get the highest quality meat for around $6 a meal. You can get two filet mignons, a pack of bacon, plus $20 off your first box when you sign up now at butcherbox.com slash feast or use promo code feast at checkout. That's two free filet mignons, a pack of bacon, plus $20 off your first box. Just go to butcherbox.com dot com slash feast or use promo code feast at checkout joe let's feast on some of the news going on in the nfl now we're not even five days into the off season yet but i saw back to back roto world blurbs joe one was that the Rams may try to trade Todd Gurley. I saw where Ian Rappaport said all options are on the table. The other was that the Arizona Cardinals are expected to release David Johnson. Joe, it is uncanny and it is unbelievable. The running back position, especially after guys get paid a lot. Your thoughts, your reaction. Well, uh, it's unfortunate because, Ross, I'm somebody who very much supports running backs getting paid. And and I say this as somebody who completely understands the relative value of the position argument. That's not what I'm saying. But I believe that the position has been exploited and guys are taking a beating and they're not being fairly compensated for that beating that they're taking. And it's unfortunate But there's no way that the Todd Gurley and David Johnson contracts are going to help things out. Um, Gurley, uh, the question I have here is who in the world is going to trade for him? I have no idea who's going to trade for him. 
He's he, the Rams, by the way, would save just about five million dollars, according to OverTheCap.com, if they trade him. But who is going to trade for that contract, especially given that he was? I, I mean, frankly, he was just okay this year. Didn't contribute in the passing game. Had some strong games, but he was just okay. And and anybody saying that that knee wasn't a problem, I I just have a hard time believing it. He was somebody they did not use in the passing game the way they had used in the past. I don't know how that they're how they're going to trade him what i do know and we will be getting into this ross in the coming weeks and months early uh, uh best ball adp i do know todd Gurley's been kind of a fringe second third round pick and i want nothing to do with him at that price i am not i am not drafting him at that price i will not draft him at that price if he goes to another team because i don't think uh, him going to another team would change the equation that i don't think he was terribly good this year what i will say is if you are in a dynasty league, whether the Rams are able to trade Todd Gurley or not, and I have a very hard time believing that that they'd be able to get anything for him. Hell, they might have to give something up in order to get somebody to take his contract. I would be going after Daryl Henderson in my dynasty leagues, maybe see if somebody realizes he did nothing as a rookie. He was a third-round pick, which is a pretty premium pick for a running back in this day and age. Didn't really get on the field, but when he did play, I thought he was their most explosive back over Gurley and Malcolm Brown. So he is somebody I would be looking to acquire in my dynasty leagues and somebody I'm certainly willing to invest in in my best balls uh, at, at this stage of the season because I think his role is going to increase in 2020. From, uh, from the other angle, David Johnson, I mean, I everybody remembers uh, the, the, the gif, and I actually saw it again today, um, of, of David Johnson getting kind of an outside zone handoff. And, I mean, the guy looks like a tackle eligible getting the handoff out there. I, I mean, he's 29 years old. He's coming off multiple injuries. The, 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 the Cardinals basically completely faced him out of the offense again. They would save $8.25 million if they were to be able to trade him. Uh, who the heck is giving something up? They're going to have to eat money to release him, and that seems to be what they're expected to do. And that just goes to show you that they'd rather eat, what, $17 million than, than have him on their roster. It goes to show you exactly how they feel about him. I am not expecting anything from David Johnson moving forward. I really am not. Wow, so you think he's done done. I do. I, I mean, uh, unless he gets into way better shape, um, I, I think I, the one thing I did see was people speculating, hmm, maybe he could land with Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay. That would at least, at least pique my interest. But the guy looked like he was 275 pounds out there. And I don't know exactly how much he weighed, Ross. But, I mean, uh, he was he was looking Eddie Lacy style. He just looked big. He looked slow, uh, which is not the David Johnson we saw a number of years ago. And I think the injuries might have taken their toll. By the way, he's almost 30. Wow, that's crazy. So it'll be interesting to see where they end up and how much value they still have. Those are the big news items. Jalen Richard got a contract extension with the Raiders and seems to be in their plans, Joe. This one annoys me. Not just, uh, hey, I like Jalen Richard. I think he's really good in his role. However, uh, the problem is, he was a significant suck on on uh, Josh Jacobs' role in the passing game. And passing game work is what we need more of from Josh Jacobs if he's going to come through as a first-round pick for fantasy. And he's kind of on that fringe. So Jalen Richard getting a new deal, bad news for Josh Jacobs' role in the passing game, even though I'd still expect it, Ross, to increase in 2020. Speaking of increasing, Joe, what you don't want to increase 
is the hair. Well, you know. That is why I need to tell you about Manscaped. The best in men's below-the-belt grooming. It matters, dude. Let me just tell you guys, for nothing else, it makes your, you know what, look bigger. Which is, even if it doesn't matter to your significant other, it's nice for confidence. There's no question about it. Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. They've got the Manscaped Advanced Skin Safe technology. Look, if you're still trying to use scissors or like a razor blade, you're just doing it wrong. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FEAST at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. This is an absolutely great gift to either tell your significant other to get you for Valentine's Day or to get yourself for Valentine's Day. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FEAST at manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. 20% off and free shipping. Use code FEAST. Stay sexy this Valentine's Day and manscape. Joe, how do we stay sexy in 2020 fantasy football? We need to go over a couple of lessons that you are going to take away from the 2019 season and remember for the 2020 season. Well, first and foremost, Ross, this was the year of fantasy football in my in my industry in, in my time in the industry with this was my 11th year this was the first time i really recall a season in which there wasn't a really overly significant running back available on the waiver wire at some point and by that i mean i, I don't mean that there weren't guys who who could have helped you off the waiver wire obviously raheem mostert was out there he had some time Kenyon drake might have been out there before he was traded to arizona he had some time uh for you to come in uh, for, to make an impact for you but Going through all the top running backs in PPR scoring, you would have to get down to Mostert, who was 26th in PPR scoring, to find a guy who at the beginning of the season was readily available on the waiver wire. He is the first name of somebody who wasn't typically drafted. And frankly, I find that to be an atypical outcome from the history of running backs in fantasy football. I think this was a very bad season overall for people who chose to go really heavy on wide receivers early in the draft and and kind of issue running backs. That's been a strategy I have used successfully. It's the zero RB strategy. I didn't come up with it, but I have used it successfully. Um, I, I like to use what I what I I call a modified zero RB, where I get one hammer guy that I feel pretty good about, and then try to mix and match my second and third running backs. That was a strategy that really did not have a ton of success this year. If you simply look at the way that that um, running backs finished. I would not expect that to happen again. I would not expect it to be a, a year where the running backs were actually in large part 
more reliable than the wide receivers. We had so many wide receivers drafted at the top of, 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 of drafts who did not live up to their draft status. Michael Thomas was the one who did. But even DeAndre Hopkins, who had a solid year, didn't really live up to his status. Uh, uh, Devontae Adams missed significant time. Julio Jones had a great year, didn't really live up to the draft status. Odell Beckham, forget about it. Juju Smith-Schuster, an atrocious season for multiple reasons. I would not expect that to happen again, and I think there's going to be some good value in the second, third, even fourth rounds at the wide receiver position here where I think you can load up on the position early, get guys who put a bad taste in people's mouths last year, and really uh, be able to take advantage of that. So historically, I think zero RB worked out way better than it did this past year. If you just look at and and, and it might have worked out anecdotally for for a number of people. Maybe you made the right trades, you made the right moves. But certainly this year, I think it was a, a tough year for that because the waiver wire was so barren. Don't expect that to happen again. Something else that, that I'm going to say, be wary of drafting Lamar Jackson too early. Everybody's like, oh, Patrick Mahomes last year. And we, I know what Patrick Mahomes just did. He won the Super Bowl. But for fantasy, he was good. He wasn't great. Didn't live up to his draft status. I would be wary of drafting Lamar Jackson too soon, and I would be looking to invest in some of these quarterbacks, maybe these up-and-comers, somebody who maybe just had a down season. It is always going to be the sweet spot in the middle rounds for the quarterback position. Now, I was saying, hmm, Kyler Murray might be my pivot away from Lamar Jackson. Everybody else is thinking the same thing, too. He's going off the board as like QB4 and QB5 early in best ball drafts. So maybe he's a little bit more expensive. But I would still rather, if I want to invest in that running quarterback, a quarterback who can contribute significantly with his legs, I would rather wait a few rounds and draft Kyler Murray than I would be to dra- than I would drafting Lamar Jackson in the second or especially even the first round. I still think, though Lamar is different, I don't think I'm going to be investing at that cost. So that's a lesson that, that continues to, to work out for me. Do not draft the first quarterback off the board in one quarterback leagues. And finally, load up on young tight ends in your best ball drafts. There are so many guys who I really like uh, for who were rookies this past season. Maybe were second-year guys. I'm talking guys like Dawson Knox, Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson. All these guys are going to be, and there's more than that, Jay Sternberger, from, from Green Bay, who I think are going to be so valuable. I'm actually looking forward to this year at the tight end position because I think a lot of guys are getting ready to break out, Ross. I think it's going to be a deeper position than we've seen in recent years. Wow. Okay. Very cool. Any other lessons learned? One thing that I, I, I really need to take into account more, it's using good teams as tiebreakers. Because investing in good teams, investing in in teams where we know the offense to a reasonable extent is going to be solid, is going to pay off. Now, I know what Christian McCaffrey did on a bad team, but look look at what Joe Mixon was like for like the first 10 weeks of the season. Really, really bad. Um, You you had guys who were at the top of the draft boards. The Lions now, the Lions tanked because uh, Matthew Stafford got hurt, but... Some of those guys disappointed because they were on a bad team. Saquon Barkley, before he got hurt, he was on a bad team and wasn't necessarily getting it done. I am going to try more uh, to to focus more on 
really focusing in when I have, I have a decision between two players. I want to go with the guy who's on the better team, on, on a verifiable better team, because I think that's going to be a good way to play things out going forward. And, and for instance, let's look at let's look at a player uh, from Philadelphia and Miles Sanders against somebody who was going ahead of him in drafts. Uh, in David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, by the end of the year, when the Eagles were playing far better football than the Bears, was blowing him away. So that's certainly something that I think can be a good tiebreaker in in, in uh, very close situations. Excellent work, Joe. I love it. Fired up already for next year. Already. I'm already fired up for next year. Speaking of fired up, how can you not get fired up by some of these early season win totals and Super Bowl odds available at betonline.ag when you use the promo code PODCAST1. That way, you get a 50% 5-0 welcome bonus. All you really have to do is listen to me and Steve Fezzik on the Even Money podcast, follow our bets, follow our best bets, go ahead, go to betonline.ag, get the 50% welcome bonus, Go ahead, follow our bets, track them, place bets on the bets we bet, and you got money. Free money, even money podcast, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, promo code podcast1. If you're not already subscribing to the Even Money Podcast, you, my friend, are doing it wrong, and that, my friends, will do it for a fantasy feast Eaten podcast. I am totally stuffed and full. Keep listening to us all off season, quote unquote off season. The truth is, there is no off season. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.